Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, everybody. This is Jeremy Evans, host of Believe in Sports Law via the Believe Podcast Network. Today is Monday, February 24th, 2020. Happy to be with you. We have a very exciting topic today on the Houston Astros cheating scandal, but uh, taking a little bit different path than you might normally think. We're going to be talking about all the litigation now surrounding the scandal. And in some sense, I guess like the old Apollo uh, 13 mission, Houston, we've had a problem. Uh, We sort of see uh, that going on now where we've got at least four lawsuits either filed or potentially to be filed against the Houston Astros or other teams uh, with regard to inflated ticket prices, regard to inflated cost of hot dogs and beer, regard to losing uh, careers over, um, you know, ultimately the cheating scandal. Um, Just a a lot going on in that sense. And we want to walk through, albeit briefly, uh, some of the uh, litigation that's gone on, at least for the ones that uh, we've, we've come across to this point. And there may be other lawsuits that will be filed or are filed that we just don't know about at this point that haven't been reported on. But uh, ultimately, so far, we know of at least four of them that uh, at least have been expressed in public. So I won't belabor the point. Obviously, everybody knows about the Houston Astros scandal. This is something that's been talked about um, ad nauseum in reporting and in everything else. And we've had players comment on it. We've had the commissioner's office comment on it. We've had the the, uh, Players Association comment on it. We've even had other players like LeBron James and um, even uh, Mike Trout and some other folks that are either not involved or directly involved or whatever it might be comment on the Houston Astros fallout. And, of course, this is all in the context of not knowing whether um, and what the discipline will be with regard to the Boston Red Sox and their involvement. But um, obviously, uh, there's a lot going on. I will say that, you know, when you're looking at the briefings that occurred and the press releases and the public relations that occurred in the post-Houston Astros scandal, particularly with the release of the letter that Commissioner Rob Manfred sent uh, to the Houston Astros, and a very calculated person and a very nice person from what I know, and, uh, and a very measured person as well. So it was really unfortunate to see uh, some of the layout of that, and I'm sure he's disappointed as well. But ultimately, I think that public relations courses could be taught on the sort of discussion of how that all played out with both the scandal, but also how it played out in the press and in terms of the exchange that went on between the players and with the press and with with the commissioner's office and obviously with the Players Association. I'm not going to lay blame there or get into the details of that. Uh, That's for other folks to discuss. I will just say that, again, I think that ultimately there there could be a lot of lessons uh, there in that situation. Uh, I think it's also, um, you know, again, we've talked about the punishment that was laid down. Uh, That's something that that, uh, I've written about recently on uh, an article also did a podcast on it called The Thing About Discipline. You can read that there. Um, in terms of online, find it on um, Sports Radio America or um, 
or uh, on my website. But uh, ultimately, it's out there. It's obviously a, a podcast on believe believe in uh, sports law, so you can find it there as well. So the purpose really of this podcast is again to break down the the subsequent litigation that has come from this. So the first one we want to get into is we want to talk about the Mike Bolsinger um, litigation against the Astros. A very nice gentleman. Uh, he pitched for the Dodgers for a little bit, uh, pitched for the Toronto Blue Jays. He's filed a lawsuit in California, and he's filed it um, basically under the laws of intentional interference with prospective in, uh, economic advantage. And it's a law that essentially allows for somebody to recover damages where they can prove a couple of things which we'll get into but the sort of background here is that Bull Singer when he was pitching for the Toronto Blue Jays in the 2017 playoffs in the lead up to the Astros going on to the World Series and the Blue Jays losing that I believe it was, it was the division series before they obviously went on to beat the Yankees in the championship series and then obviously went on to beat the Dodgers in the World Series but Bull Singer as he was pitching for the Toronto Blue Jays his sort of lawsuit alleges that, you know, essentially that uh, they cheated him out of a future career because they knew the signs, they stole the signs, and, you know, he, he essentially got lit up on the mound in terms of for runs and everything. Now, I'm not going to get into the specifics of what his ERA was before or after and some of the arguments that have been made there. I think that's ultimately uh, for a judge and jury to decide down the road in terms of what the facts are and that, that sort of thing, but just as a sort of sort of outsider's perspective, uh, looking at this from the outside and whether and a lot of times, you know, the law really sort of comes down to would it, you know, sort of would it pass the grandma sniff, you know, sniff test, you know, would your grandma sort of take litigation seriously in this sense? And, you know, I think here, this is a very novel thing. I think this is something that I personally have never heard of being done before suing for, you know, essentially a contract that may have, you know, sort of happened based on performance in a playoff. But again, I guess we've never been in this situation before. So precedence is going to be a large part of the discussion today and what current, you know, sort of uh, the law of the land says and sort of what current sort of cases it provided, um, you know, and maybe we're changing, uh, but ultimately at least sort of according to what's sort of going on now, I think that a uh, bull singer is going to have um, an uphill battle and obviously will give him tremendous credit for, wanting to donate um, his uh, proceeds of any trial winnings to a charity. Uh, so obviously want to give sort of credit where credit's due in that sense. But with the intentional interference with the prospect of economic advantage, there's a couple other torts here potentially. One is the intentional interference with prospective business advantage. There's also the tortious interference with economic expectancy or any sort of variation of those aforementioned ones. Now, no contracts required here. It's the real two requirements are, one, that there's an existing relationship with a third party, and here that would be Bolsinger and the Toronto Blue Jays, and that, two, there is a, quote, reasonable certainty that a specific future dealing with such third party will be economically profitable, end quote. So the idea here is, is that because of the cheating scandal, Bolsinger was pitching for the Toronto Blue Jays and that he would have potentially had another contract had he not basically had his signs, the sign stolen from him and pitched, right? Well, beyond the sort of game of baseball question, right, and questioning whether something could or could not have happened and the basis of that and saying, oh, well, 
If they didn't know the sign, they wouldn't have been able to hit it. I think you can argue about that. I think there's always been some players who've said if they knew the pitch, they'd been able to hit it. This is sort of goes back to the steroid thing. You still have to perform right. It doesn't sort of disprove or dishearten the negotiation or the discussion regarding cheating and all that. And I don't want to take away from that. I think it's just a matter of what can be proven in the court of law and what's likely to occur. And I think here that this is, again, going to be an uphill battle for Bolsinger. I think that it, in baseball especially, there is never a reasonable certainty that somebody's going to be given a future contract, especially where they're on a one-year deal. And, of course, you can obviously look at the statistics and say this or this didn't occur you know, in on the past or a player with similar ERA or whatever might have gotten this. I think those are things that, you know, potentially he could argue, but I again just think it's an uphill battle based on past cases. Uh, a court, to my knowledge, has never allowed this. And, um, you know, ultimately, I think something that even with the cheating scandal, you know, there's just not enough facts out there. And maybe a judge could say, well, hey, this is a fact finding mission and we can sort of find out. I just don't know if those facts could ever be found because unless you had the players who were actually going to tell, and there was going to be a system that actually said, this is what happened at this time. And this person benefited from it. I think that's probably bad for baseball in general. And I think it's probably bad for the court system in general. This opens up uh, a ton more of litigation and I just probably sets a bad precedent. Again, we'll give Bolsinger ton of credit for willing to donate any proceeds to charity. I just think, unfortunately, he has an uphill, uphill battle here. And really, you know, sort of heartfelt to Bolsinger out there. I mean, truth is, is that his career did end after that World Series. And on one side, people would argue, well, he just pitched bad or he had a bad season. It's Again, it's an unfortunate situation. And, and ultimately, this whole thing is, is, is really terrible uh, with the cheating scandal, uh, as well as, as the fallout. Again, Bolsinger, I think, has an uphill battle. The next one we want to look at is uh, there was, was a fan in, in Texas and also uh, a Houston law firm that is seeking to sue the Astros ticket holders, um, or sorry, fan sues, uh, fan has filed suit uh, under the Texas Deceptive Trade P uh, Practices and Consumer Protection uh, Act. Um, and then a Houston law firm is seeking plaintiffs in a class action to um, go after compensation uh, that the team got that the fans paid for. So two separate lawsuits kind of had a tough time getting that out there in the beginning. The first one, again, under Texas law, deceptive trade practices, essentially these, this fan who has filed this lawsuit already has says that the Houston Astros in cheating deceptive, deceptively overcharged them for season tickets. Um, you know, knowingly using the sign stealing scandal, the, Second case is all about, um, you know, essentially saying that the prices were sort of overinflated and the Astros uh, should have been charging that much um, and that uh, they should get a refund for ticket prices, for season ticket prices. So here, we, this is where we are with this. I think this one, again, is pretty straightforward. I don't know what the licenses say on the back of tickets or or the back of when you know, when you purchase a season package. I know for sure a lot of these things there is no guarantees for what you get on the field, and uh, even with a cheating scandal, there's still so many other factors involved. I think you know again nothing is guaranteed in baseball, uh, whether it be winning or low ticket prices. Ticket prices generally go up every year. 
Um, secondly, the Astros had a good team. They've won over 100 games the past three seasons. The talent, the skills, obviously there. I know that there's a lot of anger out there uh, with regard to some of this litigation, but the fact is, is that they did have a good team. There is a lot of talent there. They have a terrific analytics department. Unfortunately, they took it too far and they cheated. So, I think the fact that the Astros cheated, however, does not mean that every dollar or every win obtained occurred under false pretenses. And I think that calculating the difference is both futile uh, without all the facts and unlikely for a court to create new precedent in this sense. I think it just opens up too many other businesses and sports teams from that aspect. And I think history shows that the court's been willing to protect sports from this type of litigation uh, for reasons that uh, it would just be overburdensome to have to defend every lawsuit from every fan that is displeased with performance or displeased with an allegation of cheating. Um, so, and of course the fact that the players cheated is that, you know, does that tie back to the organization? I think obviously there were some coaches involved. That's something that really hasn't been ironed out so far. Right. Because I think ultimately Immunity was given to the players in exchange for finding details about it, and then ultimately there was a manager and a GM disciplined. But I'd be curious as to sort of agency law and employee sort of liability in that sense. But again, I think an uphill battle just based on precedence, regardless of how unfortunate the circumstance is. The next one is all about this uh, Los Angeles law firm that's seeking Dodger fans to file a class action. This is all about the claim that the prices of hot dogs, beer, and tickets were erroneously inflated because of the World Series. I think this one, again, is an uphill battle. Uh, you know, look, it takes two to tango in the sense that the Dodgers and, the, and the, the Astros were both in the World Series. And although the Astros, um, according to Rob Manfred, cheated and did use the cheating scandal to get into the World Series and used it during the World Series, he said that in a recent press conference this past week, there is also a fact out there that the series at the time went seven games, and despite the Dodgers losing, it was considered one of the greatest October classics of all time. Um, also, it's already expensive to attend a, attend a Dodger game. Prices generally go up every year. And here's another question. Would the fans have paid less if the Astros knew uh, or fans of the Astros were cheating? Or how, if they, how about if they played the Yankees instead and the Yankees beat the Astros? It's unlikely. Fans would have paid more to express their displeasure through booing fans against, you know, booing against the Astros. Or they would have paid more against the Yankees, the largest market team in baseball, and with significant World Series history against the Brooklyn and the Los Angeles Dodgers. So, again, I think very unlikely. Uh, and again, going back to the, to the other lawsuits we've talked about, bad precedents. This opens up a ton more litigation that needs to be out there. And the point being made again, the fact that the Astros cheated does not mean that every dollar made or when obtained occurred under false pretenses. And calculating the difference is both futile with all, without all the facts and unlikely for a court uh, to create such precedents. And again, these facts are probably unlikely to ever be obtained because the players are unlikely to talk about it and get out from uh, any sort of immunity or a deal that they created with uh, Major League Baseball and frankly, probably signed non-disclosure agreements. So, uh, and if that didn't occur now, it would probably occur in the future. So we'll sort of see how that plays out um, going forward. But again, I think it's an uphill battle. 
The last one we want to talk about is a newer lawsuit that's been filed um, by the users of DraftKings who are essentially suing the Red Sox, the Astros, and Major League Baseball for distorting statistics. The idea here is, is that because the teams cheated and baseball knew about it and or investigated it, I don't know if there's actually proof of that, but that's the allegations. It may it may be true. I, I'm actually not very sure, but at least the information that's been out there is, is not to that effect in that Major League Baseball knew about it. I think they, they issued a, you know, a, a um, policy, I think it was 2017 or 18, saying, you know, don't use electronic devices, but they knew that the Astros were cheating. I think there was allegations of that. But again, the point here is that when folks who were using DraftKings were betting on games, they were betting on inflated statistics and betting on a team that was cheating. Again, I put this in the same category as the other lawsuits, bad precedents. I have never known of, of any anyone who has been caught cheating to then go back and try to sue the company uh, or sue that team and try to get back winnings. Um, you know, the Black Sox scandal, obviously the cheating that went on there. Uh, this is something that a court, I just, it's never been allowed. I highly doubt that it'll be something that we'll see going forward. Again, um, the fact that the Astros cheated does not mean every dollar made or when obtained under, um, was, was sort of obtained under false pretenses, right? And calculating that dis- that difference is both futile without all the facts, which are unlikely to be, be, be obtained through now and any investigation or likely through any court proceeding. So uh, again, very difficult, very hard. And despite the loss of money, the people being upset, uh, people being potentially cheated out of World Series trophies, all those things, right? Um, it's just this is what can be proven in a court of law. And it's... Um, also based on precedence. Now, in a seemingly unrelated case, which we didn't talk about or I didn't mention earlier, a uh, judge has ruled that, um, and I personally think this is going to probably be appealed and overturned at, at a higher court, but the baseball teams now may be liable for foul balls that injure fans. Now, the law on this has been clear for years. Baseball teams are not liable as fans assume the risk when they enter the ballpark, and frankly, they accept the terms and conditions on the back of every ticket they purchase. So uh, teams have taken a step to extend netting to protect fans. And look, times do change, but uh, this would be a sharp turn from precedence. And um, appellate courts are going to rely heavily on precedence. And the precedence is clear that they, they're going to protect the teams. Uh, and, and really for good reason, right? I, I think that as unfortunate the injuries have been, I think that opening up teams to that much litigation is uh, just does not set good precedence. Um, you know, I think in all, it could be considered that baseball liability is being reconsidered in the collective as people want to hold others accountable in sports. Uh, I think we've seen more in the population that have sort of had that need or interest. But uh, with the rule of law, you know, precedence, um, you know, has uh, precedent has, um, you know, mostly protected organizations, specifically in sports. I think we've seen a history of that over and over again past hundred years. Um, and then this protection through precedent is important um, because mostly it limits lawsuits with regard to standing and claims and damages. Uh, and of course, to get to the point of having the fairest treatment for all, right? Including those who have been harmed, but including those who have been sued. So folks, uh, those are the four lawsuits that um, I sort of know that have been out there. And um, 
you know, uh, again, it's the Mike Bolsinger suit. It's the uh, Houston Astros fans suit that is going on out there with regard to season ticket holders and deceptive uh, uh, practices with regard to raising um, prices, getting money back from that. Um, there's also a Los Angeles law firm seeking Dodger fans to create a class action regarding to inflated prices. And then, of course, the users of DraftKings have sued uh, looking to get money back for t- distorted s- statistics and uh, betting and not winning and that sort of thing. I think, again, this whole thing around this is surrounding a lack of guarantees in this um, too prospective and I think just creates a ton of bad precedence uh, despite the fact that it is unfortunate. So, folks, that's all we have for this week. This has been Episode 8 of Believe in Sports Law, and uh, we'll look forward to being back with you uh, next week. And uh, again, this is your host, Jeremy Evans, with Believe in Sports Law via the Believe Podcast Network. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.